Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ingles inbounding to Hayward at the top. Three seconds. Rolls to his left with two. Steps back for the win. Got it! The Jazz win in Dallas on a Gordon Hayward left side game winner. It's locked on Jazz for the 10th of June. We'll continue looking at Game 4 of the NBA Finals between the Warriors and the Cavaliers and whether or not the series is real. Deals just can't get done right now. To some extent, maybe I'm Phil Jackson. Explain that. Plus, we'll talk about some other items around the NBA. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. You can follow me on Locked On Sports on Twitter as well as David Locke for some real life stuff. Uh, Twitter, or excuse me, uh, Facebook is David Locke or Locked On Sports. Twitter is Locked On Sports. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, for those of you who've kind of followed the growth of the Locked On Podcast Network, got some, uh, exciting announcements coming up for you. Uh, look for a new Locked on golf starting Monday, getting you ready for the U.S. Open and expecting an interview with Johnny Miller uh, for Locked on Golf, uh, presented by uh, Real Golf. Uh, so that should be fabulous. Uh, some other items developing, some other teams coming aboard. Uh, should be should be a great kind of uh, growth here that increases your experience and other fans around uh, the NBA. So thanks very much. Uh, for all of your support, because frankly, without you tuning to this and making this work, uh, none of this network aspect of things uh, comes together. Another early morning recording yesterday was because I was handing my daughter to uh, her golf tournament, uh, and then uh, t- today we're heading to softball. Um, so, yeah, overscheduled maybe? Maybe I should take a look in the mirror of what we're doing. Uh, so anyway, congratulations to all the uh, juniors out there that are playing in the Utah Junior State Amateur Finals today. Uh, it's a neat little tournament UJGA puts on. Uh, deserves uh, Those kids deserve a lot of credit. They've played an awful lot of golf, won some high-tension match plays, and today they get to play 18 uh, to see if they're the best in the state in their age bracket uh, via match play. So cool, cool little outing uh, that's going on there. So, well, congratulations to all of them. All right, let's uh, go to our pins across the world, as we always do to start it off. You can send me your pin, by the way, at dlock09 at gmail.com. I had a funny one yesterday. I was just kind of chilling in the uh, parking lot. Finished grad- Both kids graduated yesterday, fifth and eighth grade. And uh, we were picking up some stuff to head home. And I was, I was kind of tired, so I was just sitting in the parking lot. Wife and kid were in the uh, grocery store, and doors open, and some guy's like, hey, wait a sec, Locke, I'm listening to you right now. So to that guy in the parking lot at Smith's, hey, there's, there's our, how about that as a, as a pin, the parking lot in, in Smith. All right, let's go to Matthew Kunkel. Uh, put another pin in Las Vegas. Although I live in Sin City, I grew up a lifelong Utah Jazz fan in Park City. 
uh, K-12. Go PC Miners, he says. I remember being at my grandfather's house watching the broadcast for the first time, listening to Hot Rod and Boom, seeing Malone, Stockton, Hornacek, Adam Keefe, Brian Russell, beating the then Seattle Supersonics got me immediately hooked. For years, I'd go to the hoop in my driveway and do my best John Stockton imitations with passes and defense, though clearly never got as good. My fondest childhood memory with the Jazz would be playing in junior jazz programs in Park City and getting to meet Brian Russell and Shannon Anderson at junior jazz clinics and getting to play a round of lightning with them. Another great memory was when I was invited to go with Thurl Bailey and his son to a jazz game against the Clippers. Uh, and my friends and I got to watch Carl Malone and Greg Foster warm up playing some one-on-one. True depths of my fanhood came to fruition when I ran into Greg Ostag filling up his Hummer at the Jeremy store and got to shake his hand and autograph. Oh, I cried my eyes out for weeks in 98 when Jordan sunk the shot. School and college athletics brought me down to Vegas, and now I have a good job with a beautiful wife with a two-month-old baby, but my passion for the Jazz has never waned. In fact, my passion for the Jazz has been so strong I've converted my wife from being a lifelong Lakers fan to a Jazz addict. Favorite players, Rodney Hood. I love this version of the Jazz and think that they were playoff bound very soon. He sent this in March, by the way. Uh, my wife is still mad at me for waking up the baby a few times yelling yes when uh, Hayward hit the shot against Dallas. I hope there are a few uh, moments like this in the near future. I've listened to the podcast every day. Hope all is well. Thank you very much to Matthew Kunkel in Las Vegas for our pin across the world. Now let's get to our Locked on Jazz tip-off story of the day it's got to be game four uh you know this is this is series is now in its highest moment uh what's really getting interesting is we've seen the warriors at their best we've seen lebron at his best we have not seen steph and clay yet and it is very clear what tyrone Lou's game plan has been and that is that they are going to face guard and and steph not allow him to get any room that they are going to face guard Thompson and not let get him get in room. Then he, now he's a little banged up. And at home, playing freely, the Warriors uh, had no problem with that. However, on the road, you, often the complementary players don't play um, quite as well, though, frankly, I'm not sure that that was the, you know, Harrison Barnes was pretty good. Draymond wasn't. Uh, Igudala was pretty good. Uh, Barbosa actually missed a shot. I, I think that, frankly... Uh, at some point, you just can't have Steph and Clay going, you know, 10 of 23 and 4 of 16 from 3. Uh, so how those two can get off and roll a little bit. Uh, the other one, I'll, I'm just going to stick to what I've said this entire series, which is Cleveland's got to outscore them. You know, that's that's the reality is that Cleveland has to outscore the Warriors. Uh, and that's what they were able to do. They, they hit 48% of their threes. LeBron was brilliant. With, with 32, Kyrie was really good uh, with 30, and it opened up the floor without Kevin Love on the floor playing Richard Jefferson. It was very similar to the Warriors back when the Warriors lost David Lee and suddenly put Draymond Green in and realized they'd stumbled upon something fairly fabulous. Uh, there's some real similarities to that, uh, and it's interesting because Love is known as a stretch guy, but I think his just lack of athleticism somehow slows down that Cavalier team and they in turn did not have uh, they did not have that that same pace and speed and early effort that they had in game number 
three. They they were flying all over the place. Tom, um, John Schumann did a really good piece on the Hangtime blog about where the pressure point and pickup points were and how different that is. And that you know that may be as much as anything where Kevin Love changes things is that you just can't pick up at at twenty some odd feet, thirty feet, uh, the way you would if you are uh, if you have Kevin Love, but Jefferson can. Tristan Thompson can. And so it just allowed them to have pressure points that were different and play with a tenacity and an energy higher than they've had uh, before. Uh, in regards to Steph and and Clay, I mean, I think at some point here you have to give some credit to Cleveland and what they've done. You know, it's I have not done a lot of that. Uh, but the, this is their plan. It, the, the risk of their plan is that, the other guys get free, and you look foolish on defense at times, and you lose. And it's very collegiate. It's very, very collegiate that you uh, take these guys and just almost take them out of the game uh, the way Majerus used to at Utah when he just eliminated certain players from the game. Uh, that's, you know, that's that's what they're doing. But there's it worked the other night and there might be an argument that against a team like the Warriors that that is really the answer that those are the two guys that you just you know are you can't combat and so uh you have to do something of that sort it's interesting uh we'll see the the, the early thing to watch and then really the biggest thing to watch I know the the alley-oop by LeBron is is the talk but LeBron suddenly went three of three on jump shots outside 15 feet the other day and went four of six on things including three-point shots. Now, uh, maybe, maybe it's four or five. Uh, if LeBron hits a jumper too early, look out. You know, that's where then they, they become un, they become equally as unguardable. Uh, and that's when, you know, they then they can outscore you again. That's what, you know, LeBron, let's not forget LeBron is as imposing as any player in the game and what he's able to do. Uh, if Steph and Clay are rolling, it they can wait outweigh it that's why i had the warriors in five but you know there are there are two trends really so there are those three trends right now are the reason why we might have a series if in fact cleveland has really found a way to take away the play of of clay and steph in in, that's that's a you know i think that warriors can overcome that that's a real impediment to their success if LeBron has found his shooting stroke, which he has not had all season, so that seems unlikely that that isn't just a small sample size that went his direction. And if, in fact, the Cavaliers have a smaller team out there that's more athletic, higher pickup points, uh, without Kevin Love, well, then maybe there's something. That is the Locked on Jazz big tip-off story of the day. Um, partially, I think I have Phil Jackson to the game uh, yesterday. As I mentioned, we had the early morning uh, golf tournament, and then, um, and then proceeded to uh, have graduations, and my parents are in town, and stuff like that. So I did not, um, and these five a.m. wake up calls in the supposed summer are killing me. So I did not get to uh, the trades that everybody sent. I have sixty of them uh, that I am waiting to, um, that I'm waiting to to break down and and move on. And get to so uh, I will do that this weekend or this afternoon. At some point, I'm gonna head to Craig Bowlerjack's great golf tournament in Sandy. He, Craig does incredible community work. He's just such a great guy, incredible model. Um, 
And so I'll have that. But here is some of the latest on the trade. Uh, this, I, I was going to play around with this. Um, this. These are our trade rumors. Uh, but realize to everybody, these are fake. These are the fans emailing me with, as I am the general manager of the other team, as a proposed trade. And we're going back and forth. And the deals are not, excuse me, uh, the deals are not getting consummated yet. So this is, you know, rumors, jazz, and bulls in conversation about Jimmy Butler. So uh, the jazz GM, Austin uh, Schutz, emailed me and, uh, uh, sent uh, called the Bulls GM me and a- offered Derek Favors, Alec Burks, and the twelfth pick for Jimmy Butler. Uh, the Bulls responded with, "We would like to do Hood instead of Burks. We are concerned about Burks's injury situation." So now the trade on the table is Favors, Hood, the twelfth pick for Jimmy Butler. Bulls are asking a lot. I'm not sure if Jazz fans would do that. Um. The next comment was, we would prefer to keep Hood. So just chew on it for a second. Favors Burke or favors Hood and the twelfth pick for Jimmy Butler. Okay, we would prefer to keep Hood. Uh, we think by the end of his rookie contract, he'll be as good a scorer as Butler. Uh, would be adding it. We'd be willing to add a 2017 Warriors or 2018 Oklahoma City first round pick to make up the value difference for you. Uh, we also include any point guard on our roster other than Exum. Okay, of course you would. Uh, so this is stalemated because I don't really have a response. Um, Jimmy Butler's interesting, though. I want to take a second about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is um, it's an interesting player. So he's all defensive team three years in a row, 13, 14, 14, 15, 15, 16. He's played in two All-Star games. Uh, I, I, I will say I would be curious in the playoffs of whether or not the more he plays in the playoffs, whether he any of his, where he was drafted, would get exposed at all. He had a brilliant playoff run last two years ago. He averaged 23 points a game. He had five rebounds, uh, about three assists a game. Two steals. He was very good. He he shot well, forty four percent, thirty nine from three, and so maybe that makes you know puts it aside. the The other one on on Butler that's interesting, I I just think is from the big picture. It's like, well, they didn't make the playoffs this year, and he was tumultuously involved in a lot of question marks. Okay, so with he and Hoiberg, now maybe that's because Hoiberg's not good. And the last one I would just say on Butler is he's. The kind of magic number on an NBA player is if they shoot 753s. That's what their three-point shooting is. So Butler, in his career, didn't shoot threes the first year. He shot 38 the next year, 28, then 38, and then 31. And so for his career, he's taken 754 threes, and he shoots 32.8%. I think he's terrific. Don't Don't misunderstand me. And the second one is that he's played 67, 65, and 67 games the last three years. I mean, I think Jimmy Butler is terrific. Uh, and if there's a way to acquire him, I think it would be interesting. And I think the deals that's been proposed there is um, uh, is interesting as well. Uh, I think Favors Hood in 12 is probably too much 
for the Jazz to give up. But if it's the Bulls, it's what I'm asking for. I'm not doing it for anything less. Uh, and if I'm the Jazz, I'm not sure that I that I do that. Butler and Hayward together would be pretty interesting. You suddenly have a crux of what you're doing, and, and defensively you'd be pretty awesome on the perimeter. With Gobert in the middle, you'd be amazing. And if you've traded favors, you have Lyle spreading the floor. Um, and Butler signed for a little while because he just maxed. But I, again, this is one of those things where I just sometimes, I don't know, I, I, I'm not entirely sure where I put Jimmy Butler, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, we, we did our top players just kind of off the top of our head earlier this year. Curry, Leonard, LeBron, Durant, Westbrook, CP3, Draymond Green, James Harden, Blake Griffin, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns. That, that seemed to be the collection of 10 that was better than anyone else in the league. And then your next group was Marcus Gasol, in no order, Marcus Gasol, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Car- uh, Carmelo Anthony, John Wall, Damian Lillard, Gordon Hayward, Clay Thompson, Al Horford, Kyle Lowry, Kyrie Irving. I had Kevin Love in there, though it's interesting to me of where you can play him, and Paul Millsap. And so that's that's the top 23 players in the NBA. Uh, Butler's in there. And uh, I do it's interesting. I think he's probably, I mean, certainly he's probably, uh, you know, he's top 23. I think that's, I think that's probably accurate. I, I, I think there's a, I think there's a little bit more of a flaw to it than maybe, um, than, than we think about when we don't watch him every day. Right. I think that's probably, and I, I would be curious to know if we looked at his clutch numbers, whether they're any different than what we see on a daily basis. I don't know. I just think it's an interesting trying to figure out who he is and where he fits into the mix. Um, I don't believe that he made third team all NBA this year. Um, So, and there's probably some players. uh, Andre Drummond made third team all NBA and I haven't included him on that list. And LaMarcus Aldridge should be on that list and is not on that list. So, you know, that's probably top 25. I, I, there's not a definitive statement here for me. Uh, there's more of just I'm not entirely convinced that every aspect of his game is as, is as defined as we think it is. And so it's it's the Bulls are going to be asking for the world, and, and I'm not sure what I'd give up, I guess, is what I'm, I'm kind of saying uh, at that point. So that, that's a little bit of... Of, of where I am in that. Uh, one other one I just thought was an interesting concept, and I actually think I got taken on this one. Uh, and there have been a few trades, by the way, where the Jazz general manager hasn't shown up to the press conference. Um, Richard traded uh, Rodney Hood and the 12th pick for J.J. Redick and the 25th pick, which, of course, I accepted, asked him to come to his press conference, and he never arrived. Um, the... Uh, there was another Derek Favors one that was accepted, but we already did it. But this one was Favors and 12 for the third pick and Amir Johnson. I think we've done the why would you trade Favors for the 12th pick. Favors is really good. Um, this was an interesting one that I am not going to publish because I just think it got too wonky. But it was an interesting process to go. Uh, Patrick Day sent me try Minnesota. They were trying to get the 12th. He was trying to get the fifth pick from Minnesota. Um and they, he first started kind of trying to get Trey Burke in the 12th pick and the 52nd for the 5th. There's no value there. Um, and I actually might have gotten taken a little bit here. Then finally, 
uh, I said, we're not interested in a fifth pick, uh, trading the fifth pick for the 12th pick in a pick that's in the 20s. We would be willing to do, make a deal if you protect the pick. So it has to be 1 through 15 endlessly. And he did the trade. And the reason I'm not publishing is because no general manager would do this trade because the way the league rule is if once you've traded one pick, you can't trade another uh, before the – you, you can't trade – once you have something out like that, you can't trade your pick. And so the the deal was that Utah got the fifth pick in 2016. Minnesota got the 12th pick and then got Utah's first-round pick if it falls between 1 and 15 and has to fall endlessly between 1 and 15. Could be five years from now, eight years from now. I don't think – and, and not, protect, not protected in the top three, four, or five. It – it was an interesting process, but it's not a trade that somebody would ever make. Um, so I've I did not publish it, but it was an interesting thing, and I and I think um, you, that just there's a lack of understanding of how important draft picks are. Uh, so anyway, the, that's uh, the other one that Nicholas Carmack. Uh, oh, I didn't mean to use his last name. Sorry, Nick. He's a good listener. Always sends me stuff. Um, uh, we he traded uh, Trey Burke the 12th pick and a fir- future first round. In 2018, um, and for Trevor Ariza, uh, so the Jazz are the Jazz are giving up two first-round picks for Trevor Ariza. Uh, I, I I wished him luck at his press conference, and he never showed up to his press conference. Um, so, uh, yeah, so two first-round picks for Trevor Ariza seems to be a bit much. All right, uh, Alec Burks, uh, he's a had that outpatient surgery. I mean, he was around the practice facility the other day. Uh, I think he'll be, I think he'll, you know, he'll be fine when the year starts. Uh, Jerry Sloan honored with the distinguished career award. Great honor deserves it. Obviously. I still wonder whether the coach of the year award should ironically be named after Jerry uh, for all he did in the game. Truly an icon of the game. Uh, we wish him the best of luck with his health uh, struggles right now. Uh, otherwise, I, I don't have a bunch of big stories for you. It's kind of quiet uh, draft stuff. I'll dig in a little bit more. Uh, Dar- uh, Denzel Valentine is in town today, and uh, Gary Payton's son is in town today. So uh, that'll be interesting to, to watch those. I'm going to go to those. I'm going to head over to Bowler's Golf Tournament uh, and, and see that and jump on the air with the guys and then uh, head over to the to the workout uh rather than playing golf. I appreciate Craig's understanding uh, to that. All right, that is tip-off today, or that is Locked on Jazz today. Uh, Subscribe on iTunes or wherever else to Locked on Jazz, as well as Locked on NBA. More draft stuff coming up next week with Locked on NBA with Mike Schmitz of Draft Express. And if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. Have a great day.